Amen. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. That's our opening text. As I alluded to in prayer, Romans chapter 1. Why is the wrath of God being revealed from heaven? As we're going to see. And then basically what we're going to see is because we're doing the same mistake that the Roman culture did even back then. That even though you know God exists, you come up with a lie. And you begin to worship created things instead of the creator, which is basically the basis of evolution. You suppress the truth about God's existence, which again is what the live evolution does. And then once you do that and people buy into it, it starts going downhill ultimately until you get to that final stage, which is, I believe, where we are at even as a country, that final stage where you begin to do things you ought not to do. And folks, can I tell you, murdering one and a half billion children is something you ought not to do. Okay, amongst other things, right? But let's take a look at why the wrath of God is being revealed, right? Here's this, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against what? All the godlessness and wickedness of men. And what do they do? They suppress the truth by their wickedness. Well, since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. Well, and isn't that the basis of atheism or evolution? We just don't have enough proof. No, you're lying. In fact, there's plenty of proof out there, but you're suppressing it. And that's what our secular school system, media, the whole thing is doing, as we saw before in our creation studies. But he says this, and here's, here's why you know, you're lying, because for since the creation of the world, God's what? His invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what? What has been made, i.e. creation, so that men are what? Without excuse. You ain't going to get there and say, I just didn't have enough proof that God exists. Look at creation. We dealt with 10 weeks on the issue of intelligent design, right? You see, designing something implies what? A designer, right? If, if I say that this watch, I found that ditch over there, and he, <clears throat> I'm convinced that it evolved over natural processes, over wind, rain, and erosion, uh, over millions and billions of years, that a lightning bolt struck finally some sticks and a rock together, and bang, out popped this watch, what would you say? Time to get a new preacher. Call the deacons, right? Of course, that's why, because, because watches don't design themselves. Well, that's a watch with about 12 moving parts. Our bodies have anywhere to 50 to 100 trillion cells. All of our organs have to be there fully functioning all at the same time. You're dead meat. That's common sense, folks. I don't even need to open up a science book. That's why I said, you're without a rag of excuse. Give me a break, right? And then Paul even later goes into Romans chapter 2. We're not going to get into it. He goes, you got the light of conscience. Why do you have this innate knowledge of right and wrong? Even the Gentiles, i.e. anybody who's not a Jew, which would be us, uh, they don't have a copy, if you will, of the Bible, of God's word, but yet they know inherently it's wrong uh, to murder and to steal. Where'd that come from? Well, it came from a universal moral lawgiver, i.e. God. That's why there's universal moral laws. You know inherently it's wrong to murder, including children. And we will, Lord willing, eventually see every lady that goes through that, they know immediately that what they're doing is wrong. All right. So uh, we'll get to that as well. But then, of course, uh, uh, he goes on to say, so you suppress that truth. Right. And that's certainly what evolution does. So you got to turn to something. So they say, well, although they knew God, they knew he was real. They neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him. But their thinking became what? Futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Right. Although they claimed to be wise. And isn't that the evolutionary academic establishment? You guys, dumb, dumb. We smart, smart. We have them degree ums, right? Right? You know, right? Right? It's, I don't care how many degrees you got, right? You and I both know there's a God. You're just trying to intellectually explain it away. But you still got no excuse. Let's move on, right? So they, uh, they became futile. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 
And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And isn't that what evolution says? Right? We came from the goo to the zoo to me and you. Right? That's where we all came from. Instead of God, we were created in the image of God. But no, no, you worship animals. You say that, that we, we came not from Adam, we came from an ape. The same thing. We're going the same pattern, folks. Now let's continue on. Therefore, right, you, once you do that as a society, what's going to happen? Therefore, God gave them over, stage one, to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a what? A lie. And they worshiped and served created things instead of the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Now, because of this, God gives them over to now shameful lust. Uh oh. So you buy into the live evolution long enough. Eventually, it's going to get dark, right? God's going to give you over. Is that what you want? You don't want me? Have fun. Watch your society go down the tubes. And it's not just going to get wicked, okay? And all kinds of immorality. What specific immorality will come down the pike next? Watch what he says. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men were all also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. What's he talking about? Homosexuality, lesbianism. So here he says, once you buy into the lie, dare I say evolution, and that becomes the mindset of the people, you're not only going to start doing immoral things, but eventually, believe it or not, your society is actually going to be open and celebrate and promote homosexuality. Do you think it's by chance that when evolution was introduced into our secular school system, primarily, I mean, they were were making inroads back in the 20s, but it was still staved off, but really in the 60s, the early 60s, when it really began to take over the textbooks. Right? You still had some prayer and Bible reading, the Ten Commandments in schools, but eventually that was all taken away. But in the 60s, what happened in the 60s? Was that a great moral time in the history of our country? No, that was stage one. You bought it. Do you think it was by chance? No, read the scripture. We went immediately into that sexual immoral culture. Right? You call it hippie, free love, flower power, whatever you want. That's when all that began. Now, what began to take place just two decades later in the 80s and 90s? Homosexuality. It's, it, it's like somebody's following a script, an unfortunate script, because they won't listen to God, right? Now, he says, you keep that up, here's what's going to happen. Furthermore, since they didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over now to a depraved mind, whoa, to do what ought not to be done. And then he gives you a bunch of things they're going to be doing. They become fill, filled with every kind of wickedness and evil and greed and depravity. They're full of envy and what? Murder, strife, deceit, and malice, their gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they approve of those who practice them. And that's what we're seeing going on right now. Not only do we live in a country that's supposed to be a Christian nation that approves homosexuality, but now we're in a country that laws are on the books to try to protect the life of children, not only in the womb, but now what's happening is even outside the womb, you don't even have protection for that. That ought not to be done. But our society is approving that. This, and that's the final stage, folks. We're in that final stage. So that's the biblical basis. Why is this coming? You wonder why the wrath of God is coming? We're following a bad script. Right, is, is number one. Now, let's go to our video again. We're going to take a look. It's called The Voice of John. This is just the first.
20 minutes, Lord willing, next week. Again, we're going to pick up where we left off. But let's deal with tonight the basis of this, this mindset, this evolutionary mindset and what it produces and why people use that lie to do what ought not to be done. So let's take a look. Well, Charles Darwin was a naturalist in the mid to late 1800s, and he is really the father of evolution by natural selection in the sense that he really promoted and popularized um, that idea, kind of gave a mechanism for evolution, for the idea of evolution, that all living things basically have evolved from some sort of simple organism over a period of millions and billions of years to be all the living things that we have today. So that was um, really what he basically championed. And, and he really sought to sort of remove God from the equation. His one daughter, Annie, died at a very young age and it had a great impact on him in the sense of how could a loving God, right? And, and he would see nature and he would see it, you know, red and tooth and claw. And um, he just really couldn't understand how there could be a good God in the face of all of that. And so one of the things I think that he really sought to do was to, to try to eliminate him. One of the things that Darwin st stated in his book, The Descent of Man, in 1871, was that the Caucasians were essentially superior and that they should exterminate all other races. Now, think of that from an evolutionary perspective. What they're thinking is, okay, things are evolving, things are evolving. You get to the Caucasians up here on top, they should exterminate the others so there's no competition for them. And you know what? He actually made the statement, not even centuries would pass before people would start to exterminate these others. The founder of Planned Parenthood, initially the birth control league that became Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a colleague and an associate of people who were closely connected to Adolf Hitler. And as Hitler was learning and becoming the uh, most diabolical pro you know, um, processor of genocide and eugenics through what happened, the horrible Holocaust to the Jews, the millions of Jews that were slaughtered with Hitler, Margaret Sanger was studying that. Margaret Sanger was a um, really a social sort of activist, women's rights activist, who was the founder of Planned Parenthood back in the, uh, she was born in 1879, so um, she really became active in this area in the early 1900s, and um, she founded what was called the American Birth Control League in 1921, and then that eventually became um, Planned Parenthood in the 40s. And she was a member of the Socialist Party, um, she was very much attracted to the party's fight for women's liberation of basically sexual desires and uh, birth control and just really liberating, so to speak, women completely. And she was very much a eugenicist too. And eugenics is a term maybe not a lot of people are familiar with, but it basically means well-born. Uh, we're being born with certain desirable characteristics that a society considers desirable. So, for example, for the Nazis, for Hitler, it was light hair and blue eyes, okay? For many societies, it means not having certain diseases or certain deformities and so she was a eugenicist and with Planned Parenthood one that was that was what she kind of started to basically promote those eugenic ideals because she felt that especially things like helping the poor helping the sick helping the disease was really degrading the human race and that humans could very much evolve into higher planes higher levels if they could just get rid of the undesirable so to speak and so Dr. Sanger in the United States of America, 
began to use some of those practices. She stood and spoke to an, uh, a group or a gathering of the Ku Klux Klan and educated them on how to conduct some types of genocide and eugenics and saying that it was very important to practice population control. The population that Dr. Sanger in America around the 1920s or so, she wanted to control the Negro population and she said colored people are like weeds and they need to be exterminated. Well Margaret Sanger, um, there's no doubt that she felt that the other races quote-unquote that were not, not were not Caucasian were genetically inferior and she says that. A lot of people um, tend to make her out to be not a racist but her, her writings are freely available online and you can read them and you can see from that that she felt that every race that was not Caucasian was genetically inferior. So she wanted to basically decrease those populations over time. And so that's why she opened up a lot of these birth control clinics in areas that were mainly populated by people of other nationalities. There's no doubt that she believed in evolution. There's quotes from her that show that she, again, wanted man to progress to a high revolution. And if these types of things that she was suggesting were implemented, her journal, The Birth Control View, one of the taglines at one point was birth control to create a race of thoroughbreds. And so her eugenic goals were very, very clear in that. Eugenics is just sort of the foundation of it, the very basis of it is evolution. It comes from that. It's just the practical application of that, essentially, to man and saying, well, if evolution is true, then this is what we need to do to make sure that man continues to evolve. So Hitler took it to an extreme level in the sense of he didn't want to just control the birth of certain peoples. He was just going to murder them and get rid of them completely. And so it's sort of that extreme side of eugenics, which is just, it's just a natural outpouring of that. See what Adolf Hitler was thinking in the, in the Nazis? Okay, they were thinking along the same lines, Caucasians on top, but they took it one step further. They said the Aryans out of the Caucasians were on top, so everybody else should be exterminated. And so, I mean, they had targets for Jews. They had targets for the Poles, the Slavs, a number of others. Of course, the Jews took the brunt of it. Uh, if you look at that, but he was thinking in terms of an evolutionary worldview that they are the superior race and that they need to exterminate everyone else. A direct reflection of what Darwin taught in his book, uh, uh, The Descent of Man. Now, think of that repercussion ever since. I mean, look at World War II. Look at the number of deaths uh, as a direct result of that. Uh, other famous evolutionists, uh, Joseph Stalin. I mean, there's estimated 20 million people died just because of uh, Joseph Stalin, Pol Pot, Mao. Look at the number of people who have died as a direct result of an evolutionary worldview. And we think of that in terms of wars or people just being annihilated within their countries. But you know what? Another direct result is the unborn. When the unborn are killed, people view them as though they're just animals, which is exactly what people like Charles Darwin was teaching. And if they're just animals, why not get rid of them? People would say that eugenics sort of died out with the Nazis and, and that whole idea of getting rid of a certain people group sort of died out, but it didn't. It just became quiet and careful. Same principles, same ideas, just different means to accomplish them. And one of the ways that that is happening today is obviously through abortion, through organizations like Planned Parenthood, and they're still very much pursuing these eugenic ideals. We live in a culture 
where the belief in evolution of millions of years has taught us fact through our education system, through much of the media. As you bring up generations of kids in an education system where they're throwing God out, the Bible out, prayer out, and you teach them that everything happens by natural processes, life came about by natural processes, there is no God, and that man is just an animal, then that's going to greatly affect how they view issues like abortion. In other words, you get rid of spare cats, get rid of spare kids, what's the difference? You're all animals anyway. What's it matter? Whereas if we start with the Bible and we say that God created, there's an absolute authority, we have that history in Genesis that's foundational to the rest of the Bible, the Bible is God's word, that's to be the foundation for our worldview, then we know that abortion is killing a human being and deliberately killing a human being like that would be wrong. And therefore, on the basis of our absolute authority, we'd have a basis for saying that abortion is wrong. But what was the lie that people believed, Romans chapter 1, that started the whole process of descent? Talk about the descent of man. It's evolution, right? Same thing. Now, let's further explore that uh, issue with uh, Adolf Hitler. Okay, Adolf Hitler, we all know, of course, was one of the many horrible things he did, of course, was the Jewish Holocaust. So he mass murder, mass murder, six million Jews. Okay, and of course, these are people obviously outside the the womb. But again, you understand why Hitler did what he did. Then you see it's the same justification they try to pull off for the mass murder of children inside the womb. And dare I say, what's the discussion that's going on now? Now it's even outside the womb, right? It's the same premise because Ev, uh, Adolf Hitler was not just an occultist. We've talked about this before. He was an evolutionist. And when you understand that, it explains why he did what he did. Because, again, what you believe determines how you behave. So let's take a look of what's called Hitler's hit list. Some of you might remember this from before. But this is on historical record. Why did he murder the Jewish people? Well, believe it or not, if he could have continued on with that, and if he would have won World War II, he would have continued on up his list. It's an evolutionary list, right? Now, at the top of the list, he believed that the Nordic people were close to pure Aryan, right? And uh, the blonde hair, the blue eyes. Next on the list were the Germanic people. They were brown hair, blue eyed predominantly Aryan, not as pure, but, you know, pretty close. Then there was the Mediterranean came down the list. They were slight Aryan, according to Hitler. The Slavic people, they were half Aryan, half ape, okay? Again, how could you call somebody an ape? Well, again, that's that evolutionary mindset, okay, as well. Then further down the list were the Oriental peoples. He considered them slight ape. Uh, then the black Africans, he considered them predominantly ape. And wonder of wonders, who's at the bottom of his hit list, his evolutionary hit list? It's the Jewish people. He felt that the Jewish people were close to pure ape. They had a fiendish skull. And so why did he start with them? Because he was starting at the bottom of the list, and he would have worked his way up to who? He would have went to the black African peoples, the Orientals, the Slavics, on up until he was left with the Aryan race. That was his goal. Okay? Praise God. I believe God intervened and <laughs> put a stop to that. But again, what's going on today? That was horrible. That was a holocaust of real people. Six million. Oh, that stat we saw earlier, 54, that's an old stat. It's over 60 million now. So 10 times the amount of people, albeit children, but they're still people. Hello. Okay? Ten times the amount of Hitler's Holocaust. We still talk about that, rightly so. We have programs about that, rightly so. It's constantly in the historical record, rightly so. It's on the. We need to never forget that, amen? But why aren't we dealing with something that is now over ten times the amount? 
But it's the same premise. You buy into evolution, you buy into that lie, you start doing things you ought not to do. And you're right, Ron, next week we're going to see a lot of it has to do with money. Now, let's take a look at what Hitler believed. Apparently he ate watermelon too, I don't know, according to that graphic there. Uh, but anyway, but listen, here, you tell me if, even, and these are secular people admitting that evolution influenced Hitler to generate a holocaust. Here's what it says, R. Milner, he says, during the 1930s, Adolf Hitler believed he was carrying Darwinism forward with his doctrine that undesirable individuals, see, that's the problem. Who gets to determine that? First of all, it's wrong. We're all created in the image of God. We're all a special creation from him. We all have a wonderful plan from God. But who gets to define it? Well, it's an evolutionary mindset, the strongest, the fittest. And in this case, Hitler felt he was the German people, and so they get to decide. Right? But it's no different today, folks. Okay? Uh, undesirable individuals and inferior races must be what? Eliminated, right? The position in Germany, Germany was that man must conform to nature's processes no matter how ruthless. The quote fittest must never stand in the way of the law of evolutionary progress. In its extreme form, that social view was used in Germany to justify sterilization. Did you know that's going on today? Did you know that they have a control of children in China? It's been that way for a long time. You can't have more than, what do they tell you? But again, also, uh, they're talking about, and there's issues with sterilization. The Obama administration, one of his health czars, that was uh, Holdren, I believe it was, uh, and uh, that was one of the things he said, that we need to start talking seriously about forced mass sterilization. Of people who cannot be responsible of children, et cetera, et cetera. What in our own country? Right? Oh, and by the way, did you hear at the very beginning there that little sound bite from Obama? Right? He's also been on record. I've shared the video with you guys before. He actually was at a meeting and, for Planned Parenthood, and he ended it, quote, God bless Planned Parenthood. What was his first act, his first day in office? Remember that one, Ron? Yeah, and he opened the floodgates for abortion and for us to begin to pay for abortions in the United States of America, not just in our own country, folks, but even abroad. First day in office, that told you the mindset, right? All right, but let's continue on. Uh, Robert Clark in Darwin, before and after, he says, one not need read far in Hitler's Mein Kampf to find that evolution influenced him and his views on the master race, genocide, human breeding experiments. Now, why would they do stuff like that? Well, they're just animals anyway. Right? I mean, we, we test products on rabbits and, and monkeys and stuff that, you know, for the good of mankind. Well, now you're talking about human beings. Well, but, but according to evolution, they're just animals. They haven't evolved. You know, they're just Jewish people. Who cares? It's the same kind of mindset. And that's what's going to produce, folks. Okay, on and on. Uh, Edward Simon, another side of the evolution problem, said, I cannot deny that the theory of evolution and the atheism it engendered led to the moral climate that made a holocaust possible did you know it was actually on law there towards in the, the germany that they actually put out a law that the jewish people were not a people and see our country is trying to put out laws that these children are not children it's no different do you see the pattern once you buy into this lie called evolution you wonder why we as a church dealt with it 42 weeks because we need to understand what this thing spawns. Abortion is a big part of one of the things it spawns. It's not the only one. But it's, it's atheism, that mindset. Uh, Adolf Hitler himself, even though if you look at some of the photo ops he did back in the day, he posed as a Christian, right? Do politicians do that today? You ever see some of those guys? They just a photo op and they just happen to be walking around with a Bible in your hand? Yeah. 
I'll be standing over here as the lightning bolt gets you, right? Better be glad God's merciful. But anyway, so he says this, I regard Christianity as the most fatal, seductive lie that has ever existed. He who would live must fight, and he who does not wish to fight in this world where permanent struggle is the law of life has not the right to exist. What's that sound like? Natural selection, Darwin, where do you think all this is coming from? Right, same thing. Now, lest you think there's any doubt that evolution empowered Hitler to do the evils, again, this is a molecular biologist. You saw her in the previous interview, but it clearly is. Once you buy into evolution, you go into that mindset, then you produce a Hitler, you produce a Margaret Sanger, you produce abortion, what we see today. But let's take a look. It seems to me that you can draw pretty much of a straight line from Darwinian evolution the social Darwinianism, I mean, if it's survival of the fittest, and let's get rid of the weakest members of our society, makes absolutely logical sense if you believe in Darwinianism. This is how all of life develops. This is how we get increasingly complex life forms. So it seems like you can draw almost a straight line between Charles Darwin, uh, Margaret Sanger, eugenics movement, and Adolf Hitler. In other words, you've got pretty much a broken line from the theory of evolution Hitler's Germany. Is that an over-exaggeration? No, it's not. It's absolutely. And that's one of the things that I will show in the presentation that I'll be doing for the Life Series to sort of show that um, building, so to speak, from Charles Darwin to Francis Galton to Margaret Sanger to Nazi Germany and all those others um, in this one big continuum, so to speak. One thing leads to another. When we start compromising on the Bible in one part, like with the ideas of evolution, it's just a, another step to compromise on, on other parts like the sanctity of life. So again, you buy into evolution, what does it produce, right? Now, I'm going to share with you a little teaser. I'm sure you guys got all my sermons memorized, right? Praise God, you didn't lie. That's good. I feel encouraged. All right. This is a little teaser from in our evolution study. And for those of you who don't realize, it's up online. You can watch it. 42 weeks. It's called The Witness of Creation. Go get equipped. Okay, but I'm going to share with you a little bit, a little teaser of the one section called a special creation exposing the lies of evolution. And one of the many lies of evolution, because there is no evidence, it's all built on lies. One of the lies that they use to try to justify abortion and eugenics, again, is to say that's not really a baby. It's just a blob of tissue. Well, that started, as we saw in that study before, by this guy, a guy named Ernst Haeckel. Okay, uh, and the idea of embryology, the big scientific word, of course, is ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny, began with this guy in the 1800s. Hey, you won't get that on the back of a granola bar. Okay, okay, uh, but this is this guy here, Ernst Haeckel. Okay, as you can tell, he needed to feed his dog. Uh, there, Sparky, there on the right hand side. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, Ernst Haeckel is where this whole embryology is just a blob of tissue. It's you know, part of evolution. He said that as a fertilized egg develops to form an embryo, it actually repeats its, quote, evolutionary history, is his premise. So here's what he did. He actually drew, examined, and drew pictures of fish, frogs, chickens, pigs, and human embryos side by side, as you can see there. Okay, now here's what he said. He said, there is a remarkable similarity between their stages of development. Right, And therefore, he said, it was because of these supposed similarities in this embryonic development there that is a, quote, silent moving picture of our evolutionary past. Okay, we're, you know, because remember, because we all came from the same supposed blob of the goo to the zoo to me and you. And that's why it's so similar in all these embryo developments. Now, so to propagate it, he didn't have PowerPoint. He didn't have Facebook and social media. So he propagated his new religion, embryology. Uh, he drew these enormous backdrops of pictures, and he toured from city to city. Okay, here's a picture of that there, see? I mean, look at that. That's some serious high-tech media back in the day. 
Okay, but that's what he would do. And it was called a sort of, quote, Darwinian passion play. And he would go around and he would tell people, well, look at what he found, all this evidence for evolution in embryology. Now, believe it or not, his lie infected and caught on by Hitler. Charles Darwin believed that Haeckel's enthusiasm was the main reason for Germany's acceptance of evolution, right? Because again, when Darwin came out, there was still quite a strong Judeo-Christian ethic, right? And it took a while for it to catch guard. So they were always scrambling for looking for the so-called missing link. Now, the problem with the missing link is, guess what? It's still missing, and it will always be missing because there is no link between man and ape. Okay, as we dealt before, again, in our creation, evolution studies, the witness of creation. Uh, but anyway, uh, y- y- this was when this came out. You know, they're looking for missing link, whatever. He comes up with this embryology thing saying, well, look, they're all similar. That proves evolution. Germany bought into it. And then it began to go crazy, okay? Uh, but, but I had to add this one. Hegel didn't stop there. He even came up with a missing link himself. Here's a picture. It was called the Pithecanthropus allilus, or the speechless ape man. Now, there's zero evidence. It's just you make a drawing and somehow it becomes true. Now, believe it or not, in many textbooks today, that's all there is. The only evidence for evolution is in people's minds right here and the caricatures in the textbook because it's not in reality as we saw before now i i I didn't say this this guy did okay he had an artist draw uh, his supposed wife there she is and again there's no evidence for this they just drew it so apparently makes it true but this guy a dutch scientist concluded that since neither one of them could speak quote it must have been a happy marriage because his wife couldn't contradict him so hey i had to throw that in there Uh, my guess is the dutch scientist didn't have a happy marriage and he was looking for a way to vent Okay, but that's a little little side detour. Let's get back on embryology. Now, Hegel's embryology was accepted, but again, not only influenced Hitler in what he did. Aha, evolution must be true. But it also influenced another guy called Freud, right? Freudian psychology. And again, we've dealt with that in many uh, uh, other studies. Uh, Freud was an atheist. He was an evolutionist, we're going to see here. Uh, He was a cocaine addict. He was a promoter of cocaine. Uh, he was addicted to nicotine, which led to his death. He smoked like 20, 30 cigars a day. Okay. Uh, he refused to be psychoanalyzed by Carl Jung. That's called hypocrisy in the South, right? Okay. He's a hypocrite. Uh, again, we saw Carl Jung. Carl Jung was involved in mysticism. He admitted that his ideas was coming from these voices that spoke to him that were demons. He called one Philemon. Another one was Basilides. And this is where he got his inspiration from. Uh, he felt evil in the room and with all this. And th- we're supposed to listen to these guys? So not only evolution influenced Hitler, but again, it also influenced Freud. Freud believed in order uh, to understand dysfunctional behavior, we need to understand our earlier stages of evolutionary development. Okay, but that's not all. Uh, Dr. Spock, remember him? Not the guy that did the funky thing that I still can't do with my hands unless I cheat. Okay, that's the guy. Remember that was the big rage? He's, he knows better than the rest of us how to discipline our children. Well, this guy was an evolutionist, like we're supposed to listen to him. He said, quote, each child as he develops is retracing the whole history of mankind, physically and spiritually, step by step. Listen, here's what he taught. A baby starts off in the womb as a single tiny cell, just the way that the first living thing appeared in the ocean. Weeks later, as he lies in the amniotic fluid of the womb, he has gills like a fish. Now, I don't know if you've ever been bit by a toddler. Okay, when they get that first tooth, that hurts. But I'm sorry he didn't come from a shark. Okay, this is a bunch of evolutionary baloney. Remember, because what's evolution say? We came from the goo, from the ocean, 
to the zoo and animals to me and you, and that's, it's a bunch of baloney. So I'm not going to listen to anything. You guys can't even get the origin right. Why would I listen to anything else coming out of your mouth? Oh, and by the way, how is secular psychology working for folks? It ain't. You look at their lives with secular psychologists, they got just as uh, bad lives, a track record with their own personal lives, if not worse. Not to mention that they push all kinds of drugs that actually produce suicide and all kinds of bad stuff, and we've dealt with that before. But anyway, and, and same thing. Oh, by the way, when we started listening to not the biblical way to discipline children, we started listening to the secular way for disciplining children. How's our society turned out? Kids have gone nuts because you can't touch them because it'll damage your so-called self-esteem and blah, 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 and all that stuff. All right. Now, unless there's any doubt, if you want proof, folks, just turn to Reader's Digest. Even back in 1986, they said, hey, Haeckel's theory of embryology is an established fact. Well, there you go. It's got to be true, right? Well, let's expose this for what it is. Again, uh, look at that graphic. Is that explosive? I care about you guys just to grab your attention. Well, first of all, we've got problems with the theory. The big problem is... It's a bunch of baloney. They're fake, right? The th- problem with all those pictures, the diagrams that I showed you of Haeckel, the embryos, okay, they were fakes. As it turns out, Haeckel was an accomplished artist as well as an anatomist, and he faked the drawings to make them appear true, right? It's like in the area of natural selection. Remember we did the study with the uh, peppered moth, and you had the supposedly black and white moths, and then over the years, black soot from the factories came. They still use them in textbooks today. It's a total lie. And, and, and then the, the, the uh, uh, white moths, you know, uh, originally were dominant. But then the black ones, because there was so much soot, they became dominant because the soot, you know, from the factories guarded them. But then when they shut down the factories and then it began to be cleaned up, then the black ones become evident on the trees and the birds ate those. And that was supposed to be proof for natural selection. Remember that? Remember what was the real thing? In all those years, that guy, Kitwell, I believe was his name, uh, uh, in all those years, he uh, only saw two moths in existence, and they were at night, not even the day when he took the pictures that they used in the textbooks, and the pictures that he did use, they were fake. He captured some, he put them in the uh, uh, fridge, and then he had to pin them or glue them to the tree. Oh, and before that, most of them were dying, but some of them were still alive. But because they, they kept them in the fridge, they were sluggish. So he put, had to put them on the car to warm them up. It's a bunch of... And same thing with this. This guy faked the whole thing. But he didn't just fake it, folks. It's been a lie for a long time. And they're still doing that today. Okay, it was exposed as a fraud how long ago? 1874 was proven that this guy lied, and they're still using his proof today. Let me give you some proof here, how far off. This on the top there is his drawings of the dog and human embryo. Look at that. It's just amazing. It's so similar because we all come from the same goo. Well, the actual photographs are down below, and they're completely radically different. That's how much he faked it. Let me give you uh, a, another one, right? Here's what he drew at the top there. And this was, you know, all the different animals. You see the salamander, the fish, the turtle, the chicken, right? And the human, all that stuff. The real ones are at the bottom, right? Now, that second one over there at the bottom, that's what happens when you go to KFC. You get all swelled up. You're about ready to pop. Okay, now that's not true, just like these drawings of Haeckel. Okay, just to draw out the point. Uh, but, but do you see how far off? What a liar. You liar? I mean, it's not even close. Because there is no proof for evolution because it's a lie. But that's all they have is a pack of lies, okay? They're not only different, but he, he, again, he altered them to get his, quote, desired results, right? Now, again, it wasn't just proven wrong. He was convicted. This is on record, folks. 
He was convicted of fraud, 1874, by his own university. It was at Jenna, the university where he taught. He was charged with five, uh, uh, with fraud by five professors. He was convicted by the university court. And as a result, he was considered a disgrace for the remainder of his career. But get this, listen, he made a statement after he was convicted. This is very telling of the evolutionary community. He, he still blamed others for his behavior. Quote, other evolutionists have committed similar offenses right? Makes you wonder what else, what else are these guys doing? Okay. Now again, it was complete fake back in 1874, but guess what? They're still being used as evolution proof today in our textbooks. Again, soapbox, homeschool, Christian school, get your kids out of the sewer pipe, right? They're being lied to. But again, why am I bringing this up? Because this is the evolutionary lie that people use to justify the mass murder of children because according to Haeckel, it's just a blob of tissue retracing its evolutionary past. It's not a real child. That's a lie, right? But let me give you some examples. Haeckel's theory in the textbook, this is biology, sixth edition, 2004, Raven and Johnson, still using the same lie. That's a, a picture of there in the textbook. Either the authors are ignorant of the truth or they're deliberately lying, I think it's the second one, okay, because there is no proof for evolution. Michael Richardson, a science, he said, sadly, it's the discredited 1874 drawings that are used in so many British and American textbooks, biology textbooks, therefore, it continues. Now, not only that, here's your next explosive thing, is the evolutionists admit it. They admit that Haeckel's drawings were a lie. Dr. Stephen J. Gould, he said, quote, Haeckel had exaggerated the similarities between embryos of different species and his drawings never fooled expert embryologists who recognized his what? Fudgings right from the start. Haeckel's drawings, despite their noted inaccuracies, entered into the most impenetrable and permanent of all quasi, i.e. fake scientific literatures where the standard student textbooks of biology. That's Stephen J. Gould, folks. Okay, he says, we do, I think, have the right to both be astonished and ashamed by the century of mindless recycling that has led to the persistence of these drawings in a large number, if not a majority of modern textbooks. And Zoolos here from Basel University said, this is a sin, Haeckel's drawings, a sin against scientific truthfulness. Uh, Dr. Michael Richardson in London, he said, this is one of the worst cases of scientific fraud. It's shocking to find that somebody once thought as a great scientist was deliberately misleading. It makes me angry. What Haeckel did was to take a human embryo and copy pretending that the salamander and the pig and all the others look the same at the stage of development. They don't. They're what? They're fakes. This is in their own camp, folks. You'd think that our textbooks would get it right. No, because as one guy said, if you remove all the lies that they use to support evolution in the textbooks, you would have no evidence for the theory of evolution. And my theory is, then get rid of your lie. And because the only alternative is you're doing it on purpose to what? To lie to the children. Because you want them to come out with this mindset. Okay? Continue on. Sir Arthur Keith said, now that the appearance of the embryo at all stages is known, obviously we know, you don't have to guess anymore, that was 1874, the general feeling is one of disappointment. The human embryo at no stage is anthropoid in appearance. The embryo of the mammal never resembles the worm, the fish, or the reptile. Okay? The human embryo uh, uh, does not resemble that. It provides no support, embryology whatsoever for the evolutionary hypothesis. Now, the problem is, again, this is what they use to justify abortion, the mass murder of children. Now, we're probably not getting into here. We need to close tonight. 
But eventually in our study, I want to get us equipped with how to have a reasonable uh, debate, if you will, in love with those people with a different who are pro-abortion. Uh, and just to give you a little teaser, don't even use the word abortion. Don't use their terms. Their terms are designed to avoid the issue and the sting of what they're really doing. For instance, I'll give you a little teaser. If somebody were to come up to me, and this has happened before, you mean to tell me that you're uh, anti-abortion? See, anti sounds bad, doesn't it? There's a reason for this terminology, folks. They're hiding behind terminology. Uh, I respond, yes, I am against murdering children. Well, that just changed the narrative just like that. Don't use their terminology. You mean to tell me that you think that a fetus has rights? Yes, I believe that all children have rights. See, fetus makes it sound like a blob of tissue, doesn't it? And we'll get into all that later. But let's take a look. This is what's being used to justify. Let me give you some stats. It's a modern-day Holocaust. We get in an uproar, and rightly so, over 6 million Jews being Holocaust. But where's the... Where's the conversation with this modern-day Holocaust? 48% of all pregnancies among American women are unintended. Half of them are going to be murdered. Half of them. Each year, two out of every 100 women ages 15 to 44 have an abortion. 40% of them, they already at least had one. An estimated 43% of women have had at least one abortion by the time they're 45 years old. Okay. During the Revolutionary War, 25,000 Americans died. During the Civil War, nearly 500,000 people died. During World War I, 100,000 people died. During World War II, over 400,000 people died. In both the Korean and Vietnam Wars, 113,000 people died. But since 1973, the war on the unborn child, we have murdered over 60 million children. Let that sink in. Not 60,000. 60 million, that's 10 times the Holocaust of the Jewish people. Oh, and worldwide since 1980, so that's not even counting seven years worth. 1980 worldwide, 1.526 billion, not million, one and a half billion babies have been murdered. And what was our opening text? And the wrath of God is, do you ever wonder why? The wrath is coming for not just seven days, seven months, but for seven years nonstop. Okay? I think this has a lot to do with it. Okay? And it's all based on a lie called evolution. Embryology is produced one of the murder societies we've ever seen. And this is why, I don't know if you guys saw this, this is the recent bill that was defeated. And this is to protect children that escape the murder attempt outside the womb and these are some of the senators. Notice, with all due respect, no, scrap that, no all due respect, that the bulk of them is from the Democratic Party. All right? And if you notice, what I wanted us to notice, the two new senators that got voted in here in Nevada, there they are. Cortez Masto uh, right there, and then you got Rosen right down there. And what is this? They said no we will not protect a child that has been born outside the womb. That they deserve protection. They said no. That's why we're dealing with this because now it's gone outside the womb. And it all stems from the same lie, the same mistake, Romans chapter 1. And we better wake up. Because the wrath of God is coming because of this, folks. Amen? 
All right. Lord willing, next week we're going to deal with the aspect of money. And they have turned this into a mass machine, killing machine, to get rich. It's very sick. I'll use that word, and it's very disturbing. But again, we've got to deal with it, okay, as well. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven? On your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy 
through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.